Welcome to Core 242 Podcast, brought to you by Core Community Covenant Church. Now let's dive into the Word of God with Pastor Max and Pastor Trish. Amen. So, Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4 and 5, this is where we've been for the past four weeks, and we're excited to keep on going with the greatest commandment. When the Pharisees and the Sadducees asked Jesus, what is the greatest commandment? And he said, love your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. So that's where we've been sitting for a while. Last year, we covered the Ten Commandments that kind of gave us specific um, steps of how to love God and uh, live the life worthy of his calling. And we wanted to dive into the Shema uh, just because it's, it's so so holy to the people of Israel, and it was so important to Christ himself that he singled out that commandment uh, for us. So again, let me read from, uh, from the scripture, and then we'll get into the way we're going to teach our topic today. So it says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. And today we're focusing on strength. Last, last week we talked about soul, the neshem, the, the, the whole body of who you are, of whole being of who you are. And today we're going to talk about the word strength. This, the word strength there is meod. The Hebrew word is meod. And it actually has three different, when you look at the translation from Hebrews, there's three different ways that it could be understood or used through this through the scripture. So we're actually going to want to focus on those three things and what would that look like. So we're going to talk about meod as our strength, just the way how most most uh, translations are are put down in your Bible. Then the next one is going to be muchness or wholeness or completion, and we're going to give you guys examples of that. And the last one is force and power. So we're going to try to break that down with different scriptures and understand how all that one word of uh, meod can give us full understanding of, of how to love God to the fullest, the way he deserves to be loved. So the first one that we're going to look into is strength. And okay. so strength, as we look at strength and we, as Trish and I were going through scripture, there was like probably 10 different scriptures that, that we saw that really understand points out to why we should love God with all our strength. Uh, but Psalm 28, 7. Just kind of starts us off about this. Psalm 28, 7 says, The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusts in him and I am helped. My heart leaps for joy, and I will give thanks to him in song. So that's what, what, what kind of strength we wanted to look at. That's what kind of focus we want to look at is this godly strength that he gives us that because of that strength, we get to give it back. So where do we see this, this strength and where we can find them? Um, the next verse we see is in Ephesians chapter 3. So Ephesians chapter 3. Verse 16 through 19, we're going to look at this briefly and then we'll actually come back to this. Um, these verses show 
actually, there's a layers of all three meanings of this word that we're looking at today. Uh, again, because just like we talked about last week, the word me'od, uh, whether it's in Hebrew or the translation in Greek, it does not translate to English as what we would call strength, but strength is the best word they could find. So there's layers to what those words can mean. They can be translated different ways. And we're going to look at all three today. But the first one that we're looking at is strength. So verse 16 says, I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you. That's the first one with power, which is our third one, uh, through his spirit and your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power together with all the saints to grasp how wide, how long, how high and deep is the love of Christ to know this love that surpasses knowledge so that you may be filled to the measure of the fullness of God and fullness being the second definition of this word. So again, there's, there's layers to this. And as we have been studying the, this commandment and this prayer of the Shema, we've been seeing that first, the first thing that God looks for from us is our heart. And the second thing he looks for is our soul, which was not only our spiritual soul, but it's also our bodies. And so you see this expansion that God first wants your heart, then he wants all of your being, and then he wants what this strength. Well, strength is actually beyond us. And that's what we're going to look at these three meanings today, that when, when we love God with all of our strength, what we're actually finding is that as we're rooted in love, that, and as we love the Lord, we actually grow in strength. We actually end up, we're loving God with more than who we are. So God gives us a capacity not only to love him with our heart, not only to love him with our whole being, but to love him beyond what we have the capacity to love him. Mm -hmm. And that's what this verse is talking about, is that God would strengthen you with power to grasp his love, to grasp, to be rooted in love, not only love for God, but as we're going to study in the next couple of weeks, we'll look at, at loving one another at loving our neighbor. Uh, so, so that's where we're at with the word strength, that God is calling us to actually love with more than what we have the capacity to love. So beyond what your human limitations are. Yeah, so again, keep on looking at, at, at that way of what God gives us, that God pushes over that, our limits. In Isaiah chapter 40, verse 29, another uh, famous Scripture in Isaiah, Isaiah verse, chapter 40, verse 29. We're going to read from 29 to 31. And, and I, I love this because it reminds us who we are and what God gives us. It says, he gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youth grow tired and weary and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. And I just got to finish this. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. So it's those times where when we're saying loving God with all our meod, with all our strength, it's that time that we're so weary and we can't give God what he deserves. He's the one who's going to provide that strength for us. Like uh, last, last week, we kind of talked about like when we can't, we don't have any words to pray, the spirit of God is going to give us those words to pray. So with this times when we want to worship God, we want to love on God and we just don't have anything because the life is kind of beating, beating, us, beating us up. And he says he's the one who's going to give you the strength. He's going to renew our strength to be able to love him, to go, go for my flesh. 
my, um, my spirit is willing, but my flesh is so weak. Um, that, that it's that kind of power that God has given us. And w- when he fills us with that power and that strength, that's when we get to give it back to him all the way. Right. Yes. So as we talk about this, what, what God is actually calling us to do, which I, I already said, but just want to reiterate when you love God with all of your nefesh, with all of your soul, with all of your physical body, you really more or less come to the end of yourself. Mm-hmm. So in order to love God with all of your strength, you need the Holy Spirit to be able to do that. Because what you'll immediately find is when you try to love God with all of your might, right? Mm-hmm. When, when you try to love him with all of your strength, what you do is you come face to face with how weak mm-hmm. you really are. Yeah. Because in light of God's power, in light of God's strength, we, we, have, we don't have much to give. We actually have nothing to give. So you can't look at loving God with all of your strength without embracing the fact that you have weakness and that it's in your weakness. We're going to look at 2 Corinthians. Many of you already know this verse. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9 and 10. It says this, But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. And Paul says this, Therefore I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses mm-hmm. so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why for Christ's sake I delight in weaknesses, in mm-hmm. insults, in hardships, mm-hmm. in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. So if you want to love the Lord with all of your strength, what you actually have to do, again, this is how, how Jesus always works, how the kingdom always works. It's upside down, right? If right you, if you, Well, right. We talked about that uh, when we were talking about the Beatitudes, how we, we always say that, that Jesus turned the world upside down, but what he actually right did was turn it right side mm-hmm. up because the world is already upside down. Mm-hmm. So what we have to do is whenever we look at these things, we actually look at the reverse. If you want to be elevated, then you humble yourself, right? He who wants to lead and be considered great in the kingdom must be the servant of all. So if you want to love the Lord with all of your strength, what you actually have to do is come face to face with your weakness. For when you are weak, then you are strong. Mm-hmm. When you come to the end of yourself and you, and you have those desperate times where you say, Lord, I can't do this. Lord, help me because I'm, I'm ready to give up. I, I literally can't. When you come to the end of yourself, that's when God steps in and he gives you the strength that you need. He wants you to love him like that, to love him with a total and complete dependence that you are not operating out of your own strength, but you're operating out of the strength that he provides for you. Yeah, and that's where God wants us to be. He wants us to be at a place where we, we shouldn't be ashamed of the weakness, just like Paul said, because that's where he's going to work in you. First, we're going to go to 1 Corinthians 1, 27, where, where Paul talks more about the situation of being weak. And we need to realize we're in a good company we're in a good company of this weakness. I always, I always tell people that the, the most powerful thing that Christ did when he was, on the cro- was when he was on the cross, stripped, beaten, bleeding, naked before everybody, and that's when he conquered death. So it was just one of those important things that weakness is not what the world looks, looks as something negative. When it's weakness in the Lord, that's when he uses us more. That's when he can push us more to where he wants us to be. So 1 Corinthians one twenty seven says, But God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. Not that we're foolish, but 
God shows the weak, yeah, God shows the weak things of the world to shame the strong. He chose the lowly things of this world and despised things and the things that are not to nullify the things that are so that no one may boast before him. It is because of that thing that when we feel like we're, we're lost, we're nothing, we're weak, what can we do for God? God says, you're at a perfect place for me to now use you to rely on my strength, to rely on my wisdom, to rely on who I am in your, in your life, so that way you can do the things that I need you to do, that I want you to do for the kingdom of God. So when we're feeling lost and weak, and it's just, God, I, I can't serve you. He says, all right, I, I got you. Now you're relying on me. Mm-hmm. So when things start to happen, you need to realize it's not you who's doing it. Don't take that credit. It's, it's, not, it's not you. Without me, you can't do nothing. And you've got to, we focus on that, and that's when God just really gets all the glory and honor. That should be our desire through our lives as we give, give it all to him, as we love him, that he gets the glory. It's, it's, Patricia, Patricia likes, always likes to say when she, we, we study stuff, and, and she's, she gets, finds a point, and then I was like, man, that was good. She's like, yeah, that wasn't me. I'm not that smart. So it's, we need to give God that glory because he really, truly is the one who created all this and he's the one who put this in motion. Yes, and the last verse we want to look at under this section is Philippians 4.13. Philippians 4.13. And again, this is a really popular verse, so some of you may know this verse. But I want to not only read it, but I want, I want us to look at it in context. Because it's one of those verses that people like to put on T-shirts. They like to put it on mugs. They like to quote it uh, regarding, you know, oh, I, I'm going to get this promotion. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to conquer this, you know, this race because they're runners. You know, like We like to use it to slap on all these different things. And the verse is, I can do everything. Some of your translations may say all things. I can do everything through him who gives me strength. Mm-hmm. So we use this as this, as this tagline. Um, for whenever we have goals, whenever we have dreams, whenever we have plans and yeah, mantra. Thank you. That's exactly the word. And we, we like to use this verse to make it like God will do whatever we want him to do. But when it says that I can do all things through him who gives me strength, looking at the context of what Paul is talking about in verse 12, he says, I know what it is to be in need. I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in every situation, in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or living in want. And so what this means is that, that God will give you the strength to persevere through everything. So whether or not you're in, in like the, the way, again, because this is about how we love God, similar to the way that you give wedding vows, right? In sickness or in health, for better or for worse, that we make a commitment to the Lord that we will love him, whether hungry or well-fed, whether we're rich or whether we're poor, whether we're in sickness, whether we're in health, whether we have that job, whether we don't have that job, whether we are able to have the children that we want or whether we're not or they're not healthy, whatever it is that we face, um, whether whether God blesses us in that way or whether he pushes us to persevere through hardship, he will give you the strength to get through it. So when you feel like you're up against a wall and you feel like you can go no further, again, that's when God looks down and says, okay, now I got you. Because you're no longer, you, you surrender to him because you no longer are doing it on your own. 
You're no longer even looking for your way. You're saying, just like Christ did, Christ came to the end of himself in the same way, right? We talked about that last week when he was in the garden and he is weeping so hard. He says, you know, Father, take this cup from me. He was at the end of himself. And he was crying so hard that he was sweating blood. And, and at the end, though, he has this moment of surrender where he says, not my will, but your will be done. And then God gives him this strength. This incredible strength to go through trial, to be betrayed by all of his friends. And he did it alone, but he, his father was with him. And that's what we need to know is that even if you feel alone and abandoned in the middle of your hardship and you feel like you can't go on, as long as you submit to God's will, he will be with you. He will never leave you or forsake you. Mm-hmm. And he will provide the strength that you need to get through. Amen. Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. So that, that's, that's the first point that we want to talk about is strength. Our next, next definition of meod is muchness. And it's, it's, it's an interesting word, muchness. It's not actually a word. <laughs> so, so. But it's the best way that they could explain. Uh, because literally in Hebrew, the word that's used here in our text, the word meod, like I said, does not translate to English. And the way it is most commonly used in scripture is it's actually an adjective and it means very. Mm. So it, it's, uh, which we're going to look at in a second. So when you take a word, so it literally says, love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul and all of your very. <laughs> so they've, they've used the word very, which is an adjective as a noun. So translators and theologians have tried to determine like, what does this mean? Because you're using an adjective as a noun. And what we're going to look at is two incidences that help us to understand. So they've used the word muchness, which is totally a made-up word, but to try to encapsulate what this word really means. Yeah. yeah. So the, fir- the first one, and we'll talk about it. I don't know if you want to read both of them, and then we can talk about these two things. So in Genesis chapter 1, the creation, uh, verse 31, the end of the creation, the, the last day. The God... Genesis 1.31 says, God saw all that he had made, and it was very good. Mm-hmm. Mel, tov meod. Mm-hmm. Oh, I even wrote it down. should have read it. <laughs> tov meod. Very good. So that, that's one part. So kind of keep that in mind. And then we're going to look at numbers for the second time that that word is being used. So in Numbers chapter 14, and I know we're bouncing around scriptures a lot, so I'll pause for a second to give you a chance to get there if you want to get there. I'll tell the background story. So in Numbers chapter 14, what we see happening is that the people of Israel have come from slavery from Egypt, and they get to the point where God is going to bring them into Israel, into the promised land. But they first have to conquer that land. So they send out a group of 12 spies to go and check out the land, uh, to see how the land is and to see, you know, kind of like, what are the odds that we'll be able to conquer this, right? Even though, again, it's not their own strength, it's by the strength of God that they will be able to do so. So out of the 12 spies, 10 of them come back and are just completely freaked out. They're like, the, they're like the, the land is amazing. However, there's these giants. We look like grasshoppers. I don't think we can do this. They give this horrible report, right? Uh, but there's two of them, which is Joshua and Caleb, Uh, And and this is the the verse that we're looking at. It's verse 7. They they said to the entire Israelite assembly, the land we passed through and explored is exceedingly good. The word exceedingly there is ma'od. 
And it actually says where we where we looked at in Genesis one, where it says it was tov ma'od. This one says it was tov ma'od ma'od. So it actually says twice. So they've translated it not just as very good, but exceedingly good. And the really reason, good. the the reason <laughs> very, this is very in, good, very very good. The reason this is important is because when they heard the words tov ma'od, they would have immediately gone back to how when God created everything in its perfection that God said it was tov ma'od. And here's the amazing part is that since then we've had the fall and we've had sin enter the world. And yet God is saying, I mean, God is showing them that he will not just restore them to the way things were in the beginning, but he's actually going to give them a promised land that's better, mm. better than what he created in the beginning. And that's a promise that we have as well, that we're not only looking for God to restore things as they were in Eden. We're not looking for him to bring us back to the beginning. But the way the story ends is we're going to have probably three ma'ods. It's going to be told ma'od, 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 like, and a bunch of other ones. That it's going to be so amazing because we're going to have total fellowship with God. And there's going to be this multitude of witnesses, right? This great cloud of witnesses that we get to share eternity with. And it's going to be so much better than, and, and so God always has a plan. He, used what, he uses what is evil and he uses it for good. Yes. So the other, the, just to help understand this word, so we understand that obviously it's very, it can mean exceedingly, it can mean abundantly, and it's just this idea, again, that it's outside of yourself. It's bigger than you, right? And what we see is that it is used, uh, another word, way to describe it is that it's whole or complete. So when God was creating everything in Genesis 1, at the end of each day, he says, it was good, it was good, it was good. But at the end, when he's completely finished with creation, he says it's very good. And the reason it's very good is because it's whole. Mm. It's complete. So you are not able to love God. You may think that you're loving God with everything when you love him with all your heart. You may think you're loving God with everything when you love him with all of your soul and all of your body. And God is like, but wait. There's, There's more. more. <laughs> if you call now. You can love me with all of your mode, with all that you have beyond yourself. So, and, and you are not whole. You are not completely loving him until you love him in that way. Agape you're talking about? Beyond agape, beyond agape. yes. Mm. Beyond agape. Mm. Yeah, and it's, it's this one of, one of those things where it's, it's that... It's that Something the Israelites were missing. I think that's why there were so many laws and rules for them because that was the only way they they could understand that love. Because there was there was something missing, and we know what it was missing when we come to the to Christ and everything else. So it's it's. I, I was during actually my devotion today I was talking about that how obedience without love is just legalism. Mm-hmm. So how important that love is, so that way when we abide in be obedient in Christ, we, we truly show him, show that obedience because of love and it becomes love. So it's, it's not just things that we're doing. It becomes this worship. It becomes this love to God because of the, of, of the completion that we have. And how are we completed? We're not completed by doing things. We're not completed by, by checking off boxes of servanthood, of, of coming to church, of reading our Bible, which all are good things. Our completion is found in, in the Lord. The completion is found when the Holy Spirit enters us. And we're going to look at uh, Colossians chapter 2, verses 9 and 10. So you're like saying faith without works is dead, even though works has nothing to do with it. It's the same thing with your, uh, I know you have several questions, but I'll forget what my brain, I'm sorry, I apologize. No problem. So that's what you're saying, basically. 
in the same way. Okay. Yeah. Yep. All right. Excuse me. You're good. You're good. So Colossians chapter 2, verse 9 and 10. It says, For in Christ all the fullness of deity lives in bodily form. And you have been given fullness in Christ, who is the head over every power and authority. So we have become full in the Lord Jesus Christ. We became complete when Christ has entered our life and the Holy Spirit has been in our life has stamped us for eternal life because of Holy Spirit. That's the fullness. We cannot, uh, we cannot love God without the Holy Spirit. We cannot understand his word without the Holy Spirit. We cannot understand what he's doing in this world without the Holy Spirit. It's foolishness for those who are perishing. To us, it's the power of God, but for those who don't know Christ, who don't have the Holy Spirit, it's just foolishness. It's absolute foolishness. Uh, Colossians chapter 2, verses 9 and 10. So the amazing part is you can love God with all of your heart. You can love God with all of your soul and your physical self. But the only way that you can love God with all of your strength is because he's given you the Holy Spirit in order to do so. Because remember, with the fall, we, we became separated spiritually. We became spiritually dead. So again, you cannot love God with all of this unless you have the Holy Spirit. Uh, and the, the amazing thing about the Holy Spirit, we, we know that the Holy Spirit is our counselor, right? So just on a practical way, what does this look like? If you try to love God with all of your strength, but without the Holy Spirit, what you do is you love him with an incomplete love. And, you know, there's in the movies, this is very much glorified. Like, oh, I found my other half or, oh, you complete me, right? There's these famous lines. But that sort of love, when it's incomplete, if we, if we try to love God with that, it is a self-centered love, right? It's a fragile love. And in fact, what we do is we then think that God loves us the way that we love him. And we, we put him in this box, and that love is not the fullness of love. It's not, as you said, that agape love. It's not that complete love. It is a, it is a fallen love. It's a broken love. We're actually then loving God out of brokenness rather than wholeness. And that love looks like it, it may be that we're seeking validation. Uh, we're focused on ourselves rather than on God. We may have an emotional distance. It may be hard for us to come to God with our emotions. We may feel bound by guilt and shame, even though Romans 8.1 says there is no condemnation in Christ Jesus, right? We may have trust issues. We may have a hard time trusting God. We may become people pleasers. Uh, it may be difficult to accept God's love and affirmation. And we may even get to a place where we keep repeating the same sins because we're bound by addiction. We're bound or, or even self-medicating. This is why people abuse drugs and alcohol because they're trying to fill an emotional void. There, there's a brokenness that's there. And the, the beautiful thing is that I, I think that everyone should, especially if you've had trauma, should seek therapy because a good Christian counselor, because the same way that God is the great physician and he, he heals us and he takes care of us, if we're physically sick, we go to a physical doctor. Most of us would not be opposed to that. But in the church, there's this stigma that if you have emotional brokenness um, or you've been through trauma, that, well, the Holy Spirit is my counselor. God will take care of it. But God has provided physical counselors, a physical person that you can cry with and share who can help guide you through that trauma and help you find healing. And to be honest, you won't be able to love God fully in the way he intended you to unless you move through those things 
and you find healing and you find wholeness. You find that restoration. So the love that God originally intended. Yeah, there's there's work to be done. I know it's, it's, it's and it becomes a hard work, but there's work to be done in ourselves so that we, we can come before the Lord um, full to be full, to be mm-hmm. complete. So there's, there's things that we need to do, again, with his guidance, with his wisdom, uh, not just on our own strength and on our own power. Um, we're going to turn to Ephesians chapter 4. I'm going to start at 11. And it talks about... Again, this fulfillment, this, this fullness, this completion. He talks about the Holy Spirit and what it does for us. Starting in verse 11, it says, It was he who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, and some to be pastors and teachers, to prepare God's people for work of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature and attaining the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning of craftsmen of men in their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will in all things grow up into him who is the head that is Christ. From him, the whole body joined and held together be, by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in the love as such part does its work. So it's this completion. Not only we're completed with our own selves, but by letting God teach us, by letting us prepare us, by letting his Holy Spirit guide us, put us in the positions where he wants us, like he goes through with evangelists and teachers and, and pastors and all, all these things. But also talking about being united in the body of Christ to be together in unity in everything way and doing all these things out of love, not of, out of boasting or or anything else, seeking seeking your own um, desire and your own praise. And in that in that way, we become this one body fully completed to be able to love, to love God, not only as individuals, but also as the body of Christ. And that, that is, again, that fulfillment, that mailed mm-hmm. completion. Cynthia, do you have John 10.10? 10? I know I mentioned it to you earlier. I like the King James translation for this verse because it makes it a lot more clear of what we're, what we're saying God wants for us. John 10.10, mm-hmm. um, The thief cometh not, but to steal, to kill, and to destroy. I am come, that they might have... Uh, life and have that and that they might have it more abundantly so we see some translations say more abundantly some say to the fullest and what we see is that the whole reason christ came the work that that the holy spirit is trying to do in your life is to make your life whole to make you complete so it's it's great to accept the lord as your as your Lord and Savior, and to submit to and receive the Holy Spirit. But the Holy Spirit is not done. You're not transformed in an instant completely. You're, there's work to be done. And, and sometimes that becomes really difficult and it becomes really vulnerable. And we may go kicking and screaming, but God ultimately wants these things for our good, right? He works all things together for the good of those who love him. And the last verse in this section is Philippians 1. Six, this is our encouragement. As hard as that may work, that work may be, as painful as this work may be, to allow God to take your brokenness mm-hmm. and bring you through healing, the, we have this promise in Philippians 1.6. Be confident of this, 
that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. So again, as we wrestle and as we surrender to the Lord and allow him to take our brokenness, as painful as it may be, he promises us that he will complete it. He will bring you to wholeness. He will bring you to healing. He will bring you to fullness. And you can rest assured in that. So moving on to the next, the last translation of Maod is power. Force, power. Um, This is kind of the last thing. And we're going to start off with a with a great um hold on before you get into that so the reason why we're looking at this definition is because in the new testament when christ speaks about what the greatest commandment is and he quotes deuteronomy chapter six uh there's the translation is also strength there but the greek word is ischios which actually means power so again it's very similar to strength but there's a most of us if we really thought about it there's a difference between strength Mm-hmm. and power. Mm-hmm. So the third way that God wants us to love him is in power. Mm-hmm. That's what we're going to look at. Yeah, and uh, Zechariah 4, verse 6. So Zechariah 4, verse 6. It says, So he said to me, This is the word of the Lord. It says, Zerubbabel. Zerubbabel. Sure. this is what the lord said to them not by my might Uh nor by power but by my spirit says the lord almighty so that's where we it's this new change that's where we want to focus again it's by his spirit that's where the power is coming from and we've been talking about it little by little in all these in all these different definitions, it's this Holy Spirit. It's that's where the power comes from. It does not come from us, but from Him and Him alone. That's why He said, "It is better for me to leave you, so I can send you the Holy Spirit," which is not understandable to us, right? Because we want, we would want Jesus to be sitting right next to us, but He's like, "It is better. It is better for me to leave, so that way you." That I can send, that I can ask God to send the Spirit to you. That is a powerful thing. So we need to focus on what the Spirit is doing in our lives and and surrender to His doings. Amen. So we see this again. There's a difference between strength. Strength can be endurance. Strength can be the ability to persevere through suffering. Um, but when you talk about power, there's something to another level. There's kind of this like explosiveness to it, right? There's this. You're not just like, you know white knuckling it and pushing through but if god gives you power you have now the ability to come outside of yourself and to to have an impact around you and the the really amazing thing is that in acts chapter 1 verse 8 literally the last words that christ gives us before he ascends is is this line right here in acts chapter 1 verse 8 He says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And we know that this power, this wonder working power, right? We sing about it is that we would have spiritual gifts that we would bear the fruit of the spirit. So we would be able to have love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, 
good, goodness, faithfulness, and self-control. But even more abundantly, he gives us these supernatural gifts of prophecy, of speaking in tongues, right? All of these incredible things, the gift of healing, the gift of working miracles, the gift of service, um, these things that really take us outside of ourselves that of our own strength, of our own, we would literally not be able to do. Mm -hmm. And yet by the power of his Holy Spirit, we become empowered to do these supernatural things. And God is like, I want you to not only love me with what you have the capacity to do, but I want you to experience my love and I want you to love me with the power of these gifts. Amen. Amen. So next verse is Ephesians chapter 1. And we're going to be in 18, 18 through 20. Ephesians chapter 1, 18 through 20 says, I pray also that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in, in the saints and his co- incomparable great power for us who believe. That power is like the working of his mighty strength, which he exerted in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms. So when we're talking about this power, we're really talking about the power that raised Jesus from the dead, the victory, the the ending of the curse that was upon all men. That's the power that we hold on to. And that's the power that God has given us that through what we do through his spirit that we can help people to be raised from the dead on that, on that time when, when the Lord calls them. And this may be spiritual death. You know, Jesus says when he sends out the 72 and they come back and they're, they're like, wow, we were able to heal. We were able to do all these things. It's like even the demons submit to your name, you know. And he says, don't marvel at that. But be amazed that your name is written in the book of life. So this is the most, we can, we can perform, you know, through the Holy Spirit, we may be able to perform signs and wonders and all of those things. But the most amazing thing is this resurrection power that he has given us, that we can raise people from spiritual death to life through what Christ did on the cross, through the proclamation of the gospel. Yeah, that's, that's what was always confusing, guys. When that verse says that you will able to do even greater things than I can, right? What are those things? It's the, it's the gospel, until he died on the cross and God raised him from the death, we did not have that power. Mm. But when he died on the cross and when God raised him from the dead, now there's this power to put, bring people through the gospel, not through us, through the gospel so that way they can have eternal life. That is the power that we hold on to. And as we preach the gospel and as we share the gospel, as we live out the gospel, We let the world see that power and we honor God and love God because we honor and love the gospel that that is of of, of his son of the cross and of the resurrection. That is the power that we hold on to. That's the power that we keep. So that's that's the power that we should always send out. So we have two two last verses. One of them is from Ephesians chapter 3, which we shared earlier, right, about that he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being uh, so that we would be rooted and established in love and have power with the saints to grasp his love. But verse 20 says this again, so that we would have the fullness, the measure of the fullness of God. So all of these layers of what it means to love God with all of your strength. 
But going back to this point of the power that we receive to love him and to make an impact on the world around us um, to, is to give him glory and to show his love to the world. It says in verse 20, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or even imagine according to his power mm-hmm. that is at work within us. Mm-hmm. To him be the glory in the church and Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. So when we, when we allow the power of the Holy Spirit, when we allow this more than we could ever ask or imagine that God wants to do things in and through you that you could never even imagine would happen, that when we allow God and we love God in that way to allow him to do that through us, he gets the glory. He gets the honor through our lives and through this outpouring of love that we have for him. Yeah, and we want to finish on, the, on verse 1 Corinthians 13, chapter 1 and 2. This is what we want to finish because it's an important, since we've been talking about this, all these definitions of strength, of completion, of power, we need to remember these powerful words in 1 Corinthians chapter 13 because sometimes we get confused and we get it wrong. It says, if I speak in tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom the all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have faith that can move mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. This is a reminder that, yes, we have all this power. That Yes, we have all this strength. But if we don't do these things without the love of God... It is nothing. It is worthless. It does not bring glory to God. Because there's going to be time we're going to come before the Lord and he says, Hey, didn't we prophesy in your name? Didn't we heal? Didn't we cast out demons? He says, I do not know you. That is the important part. Why are we using the power? Why are we standing on the gospel? Why are we preaching the gospel? Was this out of love or is this out of love for us? Is it because we want to flex the power? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Are, are we there to? Exactly. So we need to remember that, that we really wanted to end this teaching talking about all the strength and power that we carry because of the Holy Spirit, because of what God has given us. We need to remember how we need to do this. We've got to do it out of love. We've got to do it out of love for God. And God alone. That is that is the important part that we need to always humble ourselves. Remember that this power is not our own. He says so, so that no one can boast. That's why he used the weak and the foolish. That it's it's about him. It was his gift to us. It is nothing that we've done to to receive it. So that's what it means to love the Lord with all of your strength. Amen. Amen. Thank you for spending time with us during this episode. We pray that this teaching blessed you and brought you closer to understanding God. If you'd like to contact us, please email us at corechurch242 at gmail.com. Until next time, know you are loved and covered in prayer.